On this week's episode of Devil Strap Podcast, it's the Converse All-Star Ray Raccoon Werewolf. And some key advice from Dean Winchester, clear eyes and clogged arteries. Let's do this. episode of devil's trap podcast i'm diana i'm liz and this week we're going to talk season eight episode four bitten i almost i feel like i have a huge hairball and just want to like start hacking immediately like just do a very sexy sound like right into this microphone that's not here because i still haven't set up a good sound system at this house because i just can't Oh, oh, I just can't anymore, Diana. It's 2024 and I'm done. I'm over it. I'm yeah. over I'm over 2024 and everything that won't stop breaking. I did find out that within, so for those of you that don't know, I have started a, one of my long genealogical projects has gotten a boost because I enlisted a fiver to help me. I don't even know if I've talked about this in here or not. But I enlisted I a Fiverr so. person to help me with some a research bump I had with my genealogy. And if you look on Ancestry, it says like $3,000. But if you go on Fiverr, it's not. And <laughs> I don't know how much you're supposed to pay them. And I feel bad if I make... But she did what was a good job and. Uh, at least I think so. I don't know. I got, you get what you pay for. And I think it was a good job and basically have traced one part of the lineage to a part of Scotland. And in this Scotland, this part of Scotland, there are a bunch of standing stones that are supposed to have been a long part of, of ceremonies uh, through, you know, my, my, hopefully my pagan, I wouldn't be surprised if my pagan ancestors are out there like doing things, but I do partially blame, you know, all of, not saying like all the death and all the shit like is because of the fact that me and my friends thought it'd be really funny to jump in a circle of evil in Scotland and dance around and go, ha ha ha, we're dancing in a circle of evil. Oh yeah, you did that. I didn't did you? that. So I think I may have found the, the, the counter part of it, hopefully. So I think, okay. I, I think that's going to, it's goal. We're going to have to get to this part of Scotland. So I can maybe dance around in another circle and then go, I'm dancing in a circle of evil. Ha ha ha. Which I think is how it works. You just say it twice. That's what you say. You can do it again. Twice is a weird number. Isn't it always or like three, three or seven? Three times is like, you know, a, a somebody this weekend said that was a number. It's that's a number. I, I don't I think they made that up, but that that was well it's not. I mean it's it is a number. It is a magic number. I mean, it is. According to De La Soul. <sighs> uh, so what did you do this weekend? So there Speaking we go. Speaking of this weekend. Speaking of this weekend, um 
Uh, I came down and visited Liz, and we went to Shirts, Texas, for the Lone Star Paracon, hosted by the Kling Brothers and Everyday Paranormal. Is it Kling or is it Klinga? Um, it's just it Kling. I, I feel know. bad if we had to say that wrong. I don't know. They're big dudes, and they've got well, a paranormal show. They are. They do. Um, and then, uh, but you know, we got to see some speakers. There was some good vendors. We, uh, yeah, that's good. What do you, what do you have to say about it? <laughs> I love your segue you there. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm-hmm, yes, what do you have yeah. to say? I'm going to edit all this shit out <laughs> if this ever goes anywhere. Well, uh, well, here, I'll go, I'll go for it. For, so we got to see, um, the speakers that we saw off the bat were, uh, Lyle you Blackburn. Said who is someone I know. Sorry. I did off the bat. Uh, he's a, a, a a cryptozoologist and, um, someone I know, he's also known as lead singer of the band Ghoul Town, um, and has written several books, uh, wrote, uh, but he was there talking about Texas cryptids. He gave a, I thought a really great presentation, like a crash course in Texas cryptids and history. So it was neat because he was like, you know, he would talk about the different, like, what's the difference between a monster and a cryptid? Okay. Here's the ones in Texas and went through the different types. You know, we've got our, our version of like a you know a sasquatch and how uh, come you remember lyle's lore and you never remember my lore i remember your lore sure 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 but i do and then (laughs) um but so but either way but they went through the different stories and sightings throughout the state and i thought that was really neat um including telling being upfront about when something was not real like yeah this uh they thought it was a chupacabra but this is a coyote with mange (laughs) like things i thought that was a a nice touch at an event like this we had um Aaron Sagers and Seth, Seth, and they uh, were talking about the show 28 Days Haunted on Netflix, which I have not yet watched, but I'm tempted to watch now. They talked a lot about ghosts. And then the questions started, Liz. And what did they, what did they, what did they end up talking about after the question segment? I think they talked about fairies. They talked about believing in fairies. and Not them. They were talking about just in generally discussing the belief in fairies. Yeah, I think. In, and there's people in the audience that felt very and, strong. And to, be, to be fair, that was during a specific talk. I don't remember whose talk that was during. Was it during Lyle's? No, this was during the Q&A when they were asking um, Aaron and Seth what they, what was something that was often believed in the paranormal world that they had not fully signed on with. And Aaron's was about Annabelle and Shane's was about. Oh, right, right, right. I swear I paid attention. Uh, So yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Well, because we were about to go eat lunch at this point. I was really, really hungry. And I think at that point I was just no, no shade to anybody. Your talks are great. I was just scrolling through my phone, looking for what restaurant, what German restaurant was closest because that was really the highlight of Paracon was when we left and went and got some German food. We, went up to was it Krause's is that the name of it Krause Krause Cafe in Krause Cafe in New Braunfels and we got a a beer pretzel and it came with beer cheese and then we also got the sausage sampler and it had some little mini pieces of sausage and some of them had cheese in it and our poor waitresses just kept having the worst day like like shit just kept like every time somebody would walk by us like they would fucking drop shit and then um (laughs) we we also got we did get some delicious beer there so uh so the beer like i got this like amazing like dark chocolate beer it it wasn't chocolate beer it was just like a dark stout it was really good and then you got like a lager yeah and that looked delicious uh and so and also 
I think Paracon was just beyond the the speakers who were who were great. Like your like you said, like Lyle's talk, I really highly enjoyed. Uh, the slides were great. I thought that the Aaron and Seth, I thought theirs were great. The moderator. The story. They were great. They were great storytelling. They were good at storytelling. Um, and then the, the moderator, the host of the day, Gary, was really good. weird as shit. I don't understand yeah. what the fuck that celebrity panel was. Like, it's, they basically, for the celebrity panel, had a bunch of people standing up in front of the, the stage, and then people were asking them, Q, doing Q&A with them. But panels, I don't know, I'm just yeah. used to people sitting down. It was just weird. But they were still... It was an odd format. It was an odd panel. format. And in the... I would have done the, and and I'm not nothing. Oh, go ahead. I'm just Sorry. saying I would have done that differently. Go on. Yeah, yeah. This um and and my I feel like the um the talk by the Skinwalker Ranch guys was specifically catering to people that were super fans of the show already. Well, yeah. And if and, you were not, it was not as. And that's as, fine. As, and as, I think that's also kind of what you get when you have a conference that does is not large enough to have breakout panels. So if there was right. a bigger, I'm not saying like, hey, like if there was a bigger conference, so you could have like, I'm going to have my, this is my paranormal TV track. And this is, I guess Skinwalker right. Ranch would still fall underneath that or, but like, this is my alien oh. track. This is my, my MUFON people could go over here and then you can have my, your ghost track and then your ghost and your investigative people go over here. But like this weekend, I've got the Texas Spirit Gathering and that's all like occult historical shit, which I'm, you know. That is, I'm just gonna fan. Uh, I'm oh, yeah. gonna. There's like some of like the best professors like in the occult like world. Like Joseph Blaycock is good. Like, huh? The, like there's so many. Like I'm gonna nerd out on so much occult shit this weekend, which is it was like no shade on the Paracon. Like they, it was great. It was just. Well, and it benefited. It was benefiting a charity. Um, so it was benefiting the Special Olympics of shirts. Yeah, so that was cool. And um, and it was cute. it looked like a cute community event because the vendor area was free all but day. But it's to a thing like, that the like, public could just roll in. It was just an interesting. It was just a. But it's not a, a just fun, a local thing. thing. Like and that's what's like. Now I'm just fascinated by this whole idea of these paracons because the paracons like are all apparently all over the country. And mm-hmm. there's one up in May that is like an hour from my boss's house. And so also oh, yeah. just for just this things, I quit my job today, guys. It's pretty like by the time this pops out, like, you know, people like this is how one of my family actually listens to my podcast. Like I put in notice at work today. And it's not official by the time this comes out, probably still won't be, but I really don't think my my I don't know. Like HR call me. What the fuck? I don't know. But uh anyways, um I know HR doesn't listen to my podcast, so we've got time. <laughs> anyway, buffer built buffer in. built in. Uh yeah, so Anyways, these, but this, so my boss of already is like, oh, he's going to go. He's like, I'm very sad that you're leaving because who's going to tell me about this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. Like, well, the, I'm excited just to learn that this community exists out there. And there's, this yeah, has been, and it was a diverse community. It's a diverse cool. community. And I'm glad that I have found it like over the past, like the past year. It's a, it's a very fun thing to know it exists, but yeah. So they travel around like, so no matter where you're at, there is probably a Paracon near you. Nearby. Maybe not that listener in Zimbabwe. Sorry. But maybe, hey, whoever you are, it's, it's yeah. your time to start your own Paracon. And you, too, yeah. can get somebody who was on the Travel Channel to come and, and speak to you. 
and it will it will be highly enjoyable and you will get to meet all the wonderful vendors so this is what i think also was the most amazing thing is that we met a naughty nerd who who's like i think should be a what it like household name. Not, you should, she should be a household name and but i think she should also be a oh god damn it, a life coach because she oh, spends yeah. her life like crafting weird fucking dolls and they're amazing and she seems delighted like she seemed like a delightful yeah. woman and was very happy yeah. and like this weekend is she's going to be at alamo hero con like with her crocheted lightsabers to be clear it's naughty like tied in a knot k-n-o-t-t-y nerd yeah. I, I believe that is her name naughty on there nerd. yeah but which also is an entendre and hilarious because mm-hmm. it's like naughty yeah, but, mm-hmm. but, i like it yeah anyway so it's always an eye-opening experience go out support your local cons and you, yeah we had a good time yeah, i i just i enjoy a small con i think you know they are a good way to pass your time and a good way to support your local arts and your communities and your local nerds Support your yeah. support your local nerds. That'll be our, our theme for nerds. today. So, well, and then we and then we did get to go run around in San Antonio a little bit, and still go to bed early. We still went to bed early. <laughs> oh my, we went to Atta Girl and their fried chicken. <gasps> Holy shit! Like it was so good. Like it was some of the most banging fried chicken. I I I needed that. My soul. Like I'm still thinking about that. Like food just doesn't taste as good. Because I had that fried chicken. That fried chicken was so good. So Colum's out of girl, yeah, excellent. Um, but yeah, well, I think we put off talking about this episode. It's a fucking episode. All right, bitten. So this uh, first aired October twenty fourth, two thousand twelve. So I get the timeliness of um, of this, but it was directed by Thomas J. Wright. The last we saw him was in season seven, episode 15, when he directed Repo Man. Man, I want to say men, but it's not. It's man. And it was written by Robbie Thompson, who we last saw right uh, season seven, episode 20, The Girl with the Dungeons and Dragons Tattoo. Heart, heart, Felicia okay. Day. So, yeah. This starts off with a bloody montage, which you wouldn't think would be bad. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, I like this is a, a a lots of it's a gore scene. I'm a cool. I'm in this pitter pitter patter pitter patter blood splatter, and Sam and Dean are investigating. All right, cool, cool. And the song "What's the Matter" by Milo Green is blaring. It is in this scene. It sure they got, they got guns drawn. <laughs> This and guess what? It's not the first time in this episode that you're going to hear this song. Nope, uh, no, it is not. Uh, and there's a body on the floor. There's blood everywhere. They like there's they do like a scout of the house, and then then they magically notice a laptop with a sticky note that says "Play me." Yep, and a title blips across the screen, and it says, "It never should have ended that way." Uh, no, is it an entire flashback episode done from a found footage point of view? Somebody fucking stabbing in the eye. No, no, no. Well, to be clear, is it worse that it's not actually found footage, but that she actually... Well, it's still found footage. 
Like the whole well, the whole perspective, the right. whole perspective the of the way that this is shot, even though it's not right because we start off, it's not because it's edited intentionally. It's not found footage like because it's a movie that she made. However, the still perspective yeah. is also just here's our shitty cameras, and I get it. Yeah. If there's a lot of you did a very good job, you did a very, did a good, very job good job of making that type of of genre. Sure. Okay, now my sure. screen did not give me a thumbs up. I, guys, I just did the thumbs up, and I like. I'm sure many of you know that. I don't know if it's an Apple thing, but like the thumbs. I think it's a Riverside thing. I don't know, but my I don't know. Whatever. So thumbs up the thumbs thumbs in my eye because this is a found footage episode. <sighs> well, we start out our our movie begins. Um, at um, some kind of a cafe. It's like a looks like a coffee cafe with a bunch of college kids in it, and there's uh, two guys that are joking about being the AV nerds. We've got the cliche, better looking kind of buff guy who is Michael, and the kind of awkward dude, but the one that like likes to film everything, Ryan. Yeah, I forgot and their they... names for most of this beginning, so I just called them hot guy and less hot guy, and. Because the other guy's not ugly, he's still in. He's still in. Oh. He's Hollywood ugly, right? And so I'm just like right. less hot. <sighs> Whatever yeah. trope. So we got that trope, and then we've got them um, from a distance filming a table of girls and like giving them all their little stereotypes. Yeah, basically, you know, giving them a one line that reads their sexual desirability to them. Cool, cool, cool. And then, but and then, but one is less annoyed, and she just walks up filming them herself, and she's asked about their camp, asked the the good looking one, Michael, about hit their camera, and they start flirting. So there we go. So apparently she's going home, and now uh, Michael and we find her name to be Kate or a thing, and uh, yeah. So. so, and we're never quite sure how quickly this. At least it's never made like. No. she may have just brought a movie either it's it's not obvious like whether or not this was a night that she became just the moved in i am now living in your house and we are a couple or this was a progression of time that was edited for For this film that is unclear she it implies that it's the same day because when she leaves the bedroom giggling to go to the bathroom, she's wearing the same shirt that Michael was wearing that day with me at the cafe. But it also doesn't mean like he could wear that shirt again. He wears it later in the episode. So it doesn't mean anything. Just like that. I don't know. So either they move very fast, but they're also college yeah. kids, whatever. Less hot dude is editing the video. And it's this is also time then gets conf- more confusing. Less hot dude is filming the girl chat, and then I and then I just put like, I don't even have know how to write notes about this piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry, it's not a piece of shit. Damn. It just got very frustrated Ooh. with it. <laughs> it's very hard to write notes on this episode. I will agree with you on that. So they're sitting around the house, the three of them talking about their five year plans, and basically like it's you know it's just it's actually a throwaway scene like. She wants to be an environmental lawyer. The Brian wants to work for HBO or but Michael Moore. It's not Moore. a throwaway scene. It's because it's gonna they're gonna they're gonna rip back to it in the end. So they're doing okay, this yeah. establishing thing up in the front where they're talking about this is what these 
this is the trope of what these kids are going to be when they grow up but you know that's going to get ripped away from them but this is when they're they're still hopeful about their life let's show them well michael wants to be on a boat in the middle of the ocean with his girl by his side oh uh but he is he did read weekly world news and there was a bigfoot picture in there so hey bigfoot so they're in class. Oh, and before and that, they also established that less hot guy is perturbed by hot boy and blonde girl kissing. Yeah, it's he gets annoyed by it. So clearly, so he has they're in a class thing. for her. Mm-hmm. They're, they're starting to hint at that he's either jealous about just being single, or he's got a thing for her. Either way, it's not healthy. It's it's all starting to get super not gross. Helpful. Yeah, it gets gross real fast. This is early still. But they have they go to a lecture and their professors they're talking about Lord of the See, Flies and that kind of becomes a reoccurring thing. And yeah, so and like filming... maybe it's also because I hate Lord of the Flies. Oh, I do like so the, if like that being part of this underlying thematic narrative is this Lord of the Flies reference. Yeah. I fucking hate that book because it's to me it's one of those things that is used often as an excuse for men being fucking assholes. So this is just what happens when you put men together on an island. They just all they go together and self-destruct because they can't help it. It's just in their genes. Sorry. That's what Lord of the Flies represents. Also the piggy stuff. Like, why is the, the head of the pig picture there? Like, that was unnecessary. Well, Brian's filming the, the lecture because Michael's going to sleep through it. Hot boy somehow to take notes. <laughs> Apparently. And we get a scene where they don't. Let's hop boy took notes for him. I know. Yeah. So we get a scene outside where um, Scotty, the douchebag, knocks Brian down, and uh, Michael tries to protect Brian, like bows up. So we've now established also there's a rivalry between douchebag Scotty and um, Brian and Michael. Yeah. So as they're walking back to their house, I guess all three of them they hear sirens and. They're like, well, we should start shooting. We don't know what this is. And so they start shooting and we actually get, it's kind of, this is, I thought it was very clever. It's a whole scene behind this building that they are shooting where a body has been discovered. There's a bloody sheet over it. There's police and like barricades and what pulls up baby and Sam and Dean get out. And uh, apparently someone got murdered and they're uh, I, I, I like, well, I think it's Brian that makes the joke about Starsky and Hutch. And I'm like, these kids are too young to know what the fuck that is. But well, the other one made the and... joke about Rizzoli and Isles. You also said someone got murdered, which is twice as now that song getting stuck in my head. I do think it was a missed opportunity when, when Sam and Dean rolled up, that could have been bad boys playing. Uh, I think that would have oh, been much so nicer, yes. but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I agree. Yep. So, they kind of run through this crap. So the victim was attacked. They heard a growl. Then we go to the apartment where they continue to feel... These people are fucking annoying. I think also... Fuck you! Like, could you imagine, like, being, like, their neighbor? Oh, my God. Like, put down the fucking camera and take the trash out. Like, these are just, like, the... This place is so dirty, too. I'm sorry. It's not, like, cluttered. Their house is You're dirt, dirty. You're dirty college... Dirty. Fucking filthy college student. So put down Ugh. your camera and take out the Ugh. pizza box. Wait till we get to the kitchen scene. <laughs> Anyways. It's distressing. Anyways, so they're... 
whatever. The only thing that was, the thing I would want to note that they had before. Um, oh, sorry. They, um, it was miss. I missed my spot. So Michael and Brian go out to shoot more scenes for his future movie. And they accidentally stumble across Sam and Dean discussing if there's even a case in this town, which is kind of interesting. But you hear like the guys make a joke about if there's a workplace romance vibe between Sam and Dean. And I yes, and that becomes a running joke in this episode. And I do appreciate the the slash fiction uh, poking. I know you do. That's like, right. Yeah. See, it's Diane is finally getting on board with the slash uh, fiction. We'll get it there. No. All right. So these like creepy ass fucking kids are like filming people making out by bleachers. And during that, like, I know I'm skipping stuff. I just don't care. Uh, no. Uh, so like they're being gross and filming people like out by the bleachers. And the, there's a dude who gets super aggressive on a girl. And then like they, then we get a chase scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she defends herself, and then he's mad that he got filmed, so he starts chasing them. So they get separated, and Michael goes one way, and Brian goes the other, and then we get something sneaking up behind Michael, but it's Scott, douchebag Scott, chasing them. But, like, that we get a a scene where he drops his camera, there's rustling and grumbling, and then the camera gets, you know, lifted away, a lift, a camera tilts, and then he gets like lifted away yelling and we get like a spurt of liquid across the screen. I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. yeah. But they also luckily have night vision and all the, all those films. Oh yeah. So that that's good for them. Like they've got some, some yeah. really nice cameras there, but which was you have this whole thing started it was just yeah. her wanting to fuck someone for their camera. Well, so, okay. I don't even know where we're at. So Brian finds him in the, yeah, Brian okay. finds him in the woods and is shocked he's alive i am too because this is supernatural and uh he's got some bloody ass bite on his shoulder so they go back yeah. to the house and they're like oh my god something bit michael there's blood and he's real sweaty too and then the bite's like gone like healed up already yeah and so she yeah so yeah. then like we go through that and then we go to the doctor right so they're like okay i guess we're gonna go to a doctor for this that makes sense right yeah and the doctor says that michael is gonna be fine but kate is just like i don't know what i would do if anything happened to them and i'm like you met him tuesday <laughs> you're right but we also, during this, we see a lot of Kate and Brian sitting very closely and talking very closely and making plans for things while Michael's asleep. I hate them so as a couple. I just hate them as human beings. I Which one? All of them. All of them are just not okay. okay. Like, this is just a toxic house. This is a toxic college house. It is. Well, now we discover accidentally that Michael's got super strength. He's super strong. So, maybe he got bit by an alien there we go maybe he's a mutant yeah that's and that's why the fbi is looking for him or something because of the x-files uh yeah. so uh, now well, yeah, so now brian decides that he's just gonna mount cameras into their house and make this which is less is that less annoying with I would say less annoying than the hand cameras but they don't stop with the hand cameras either right so i'd be like mm-hmm. If I was his roommate, I'd be like, fine, we can mount them, but you're going to stop following me around with the shit in my face. No, they're all doing it to each other. They like it. It's bizarre. But whatever. They're all... 
are, are they like voyeurs and exhibitionists simultaneously? I don't know. They're assholes is what there are. So, well, so this is going to be Michael's origin story. And that is going to be the movie. The movie is my name is Michael and I am a ex, but I don't know what I am. Yet. Superhero. Yeah. Well, we cut to a scene in a very, very, very dirty kitchen. And I'm not just saying it's dated and like worn out, which it is. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But it's dingy. Like, you could, like, take a bleached rag and wipe off that fucking door. I'm just saying. Anyways. Um, and But we get the scene where now Brian is begging Michael to buy him or to take him out to the woods so he can get bitten or to bite him because he wants to be like Michael. Strong and light. Not a piggy. He doesn't want to be piggy so. anymore. So now it's sad. <sighs> You're pathetic, but Brian. You like fucking unsell. Like, yeah. it's just, you're just sad, Brian. Like, I, I have no sympathy for you as a kid. I think it also, like, the piggy character. Like, I just don't give a shit. Stop being piggy. You don't want to be piggy? Stop being a fucking piggy. Anyways. So, we want, he whines about that, and we cut to Kate and Michael on the couch. Well, and Piggy is, then I just started calling him Piggy because I was mad at him. Because he didn't want to be piggy. Well, Sam and Dean. I know. I was like, you don't want to be piggy? Then call you piggy from now on. Oh, when they they do have to frantically hide their bong, which is kind of funny. But um, very college cliche, though. I I remember, like, there was some actual true crime where there was a murder suspect. And the cop was like, why did you hide your weed before you called 911? Or before you call the cops or like let us in something like that. And he was like, I don't know. I just did it. And I feel like that's just the habit, right? Like before, like there's the cops, you hide the bond. So anyways. Well, either way, they are asking questions about, asking Brian questions about the murder and if they're big, they do a victim. And then Sam just asks if he knows about anyone in the neighborhood getting bit. <laughs> you know. Okay. Anybody just going around, you bit. And Bye. I also have any, this is where my, I think I very much call out that uh, Sam wants to be humor, it would be taken seriously, but how can you when your hair looks so dumb? Your hair, this is, and I sent Diana the picture exactly where I found Sam's oh. hair look the stupidest in this episode. So that is in your, that is in your email waiting for you. Yeah, I saw it in my inbox. I haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> I saw it was there. I was waiting for me. Um, so anyway, so they leave, but while they're on, while Sam and Dean are on the patio, they're discussing the case and, um, Sam references like, oh, I can't be another mind God or something like that. But he references, references mind God and they, and fucking Kate catches this on film. So now Michael thinks he's a fucking God. Sure. Sure. So, uh, now it's the middle of the night and Michael's going to go to take a piss like you do. And he looks in the mirror, tells himself that he's a god while he's filming himself in the bathroom mirror. And then his pupils go all crazy big and he grows fangs. And then there's a lot of snapping and crackling. And now he's got claws and uh, he smashes the mirror and goes and caresses Kate's face with his creepy claws. And then 
Then he gets dressed and they, eats all the leftovers in the kitchen, but that's way more food than they would have had. So yeah, I don't even know. He gets a snack attack because, you know, punching the mirror makes you hungry. But he also, with that whole mirror scene, like he was like filming himself and then somehow he was zooming the focus in on his own eye, but then he was filming in the, I really want to, I want this broken down. I may need to go back and break this down again. Like, and. I need to wonder if there's a director's cut of this on the, on the DVD. I don't think there is. This is something um, you have, have to watch it. again. Uh, I don't want to, I would just watch this part again, but there is, it, this is the season where they stopped having the supernatural companion. And I really miss it. I know this episode, this information exists out there, but nobody collated it for me. And I don't have time to look for it myself. And so if you know why or how this, this film was seen, seen, this film was, this scene was Not- filmed. Let me know slide into my dms anyways so okay so he's caressed his girlfriend he has eaten all the food because he got the munchies and now he's also, gonna go buy like, more food his nails like that was just like you could see the tape right like you could see the tape on the bottom of that that nail right i missed it yeah missed anyways it. so i just they really bothered me and then so then we cut to scotty p and the oak hill crew yeah, they're going to go find whatever monsters, whatever is biting people in the woods. So, no, uh, no, 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 no. They are patrolling the streets for all the uh, fine honeys. They are. For all the fine honeys. You got to thank God the Oak Hill crew is out there protecting all those fine hun- Fuck you, Oak Hill crew. Anyway, so then we have running panting take your beating like a man yeah well because michael walks by he drops his food he gets chased by scotty because scotty's still mad and then yeah and i uh, think scotty threatens to rape kate like it's just all very yeah, toxic masculinity it's all bad and and then like they run around and michael attacks him yeah so back on the next day now it's daytime and apparently Kate and uh, Brian are not concerned that Michael's not home at all. So, uh, but they're discussing if that, if Kate is afraid of him. And uh, now she's like, at first I was, but now it's pretty hot. But then we cut to him standing there covered in blood. He's got fruit punch, punch and, mouth. And is it so hot, Kate? You still want to make out with him? Well, she's screaming. So I'm going to bet no. <laughs> Uh, and so she, in the shower, she's very upfront. He's like, yeah, I saw Scott. He chased me and I killed him. And she's like, she's, this is, gets very, this gets, this is where like the, it gets most annoying. Like it's kind of okay up until about now. And then it gets kind of, I, this is where I feel, I feel like it gets extra annoying. Whereas there's this whole like divide where now like, well, now they know something's like potentially bad with Michael and Kate in her protectiveness wants to stop filming everything. Brian wants to film more because it's more interesting. And, and he's he has a psychopath. He that, well, that there's a variety of reasons, I think. But anyway, so she starts telling Brian to turn the camera off. And he's like, nah, nope, nope, nope. And she's so, just like, he's con- he's confessing to murder. I think we should maybe not have this on camera. Correct. Yes, she would be correct. Same. Yeah. Uh, so... They go back to the crime scene with their cameras and Sam and Dean are there. And yes, Scott's dead. Shredded by an animal with his heart ripped out and his heart's mostly eaten, found down the road. And Dean wants to see the heart. Yeah, he does. So back at the house, Brian asks Michael if he ate the heart. 
And Michael's like, oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh. And Kate's like trying to build up some story about self-defense. I think that's interesting of her. But anyways, uh, we just get like Brian watching like her like and Michael like cuddling and crying. It's it's a lot. So, and Brian's like, I want to call the police. And Kate's like, no, you've never been in love. Well, Michael's also thrown Brian across the room and right across, like, I had I, not, not yeah, yet. He did. He, cause like, so th- that's at least how my notes oh, yeah, are. He did. You're right. You're right. No, he did. He yeah. Did. So Michael yeah. thrown Brian across the room and then he cried. Cause then they, I went, ha ha. There's a COVID poster because there was a COVID poster on the wall. And every time there's a reference to that movie, that's fucking, that's a meta fucking nerd joke. All right. So then Brian wants to call the police. Then Kate starts going, oh, yeah, you've never been in love, but Kate, he loves you. He's in love That's, with you. And, but he only says it with his eyes. He says it with his eyes, Kate, and you just, you can't see. Because he's a bitch. He is. He's, he's a bitch. He's a little bitch. So, right. uh, so we go from there to the police station. Well, because Kate's going to try to spy on the corner now. I, I think don't know. she decided. They're, she... I think they're after Sam and Dean. I think that's like they're just like we're going to go after these FBI guys. I think that's their. Well, they are able to eavesdrop where Dean is talking to the corner about this creature. And what kind of camera like, do you like, have, girl? Like that's that, a feature I don't know about, and I would be very interested in learning. Well, she's in the corners talking about the curvature of the claws, and there's no animals bigger than raccoons here, which is weird. Well, because and also raccoons so... are one of the only other animals that we can, with their fingers, can go do 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 with their forehead. So, like, I don't think their claws would do that to you. Murder raccoons. Also, the name of my next band. Yeah. Hey, you know. You never know. I mean, we never see what bit him, and we never see him fully wolf out. That could have been like uh, this is true. A, a raccoon. I think this could be all be a, a, a raccoon shift. This is what we're changing. I'm like changing it. every time it says werewolf. We're going to change it to raccoon. Okay, so <sighs> Dean says that it's not the time of the month, so it can't be a raccoon, and it's time to hit the books. But Sam's already found a similar murder from 10 years ago. So now they know that there's something else. All right. So, uh, and also we find out that Brian is tracking both Kate and Michael by putting GPS trackers on their phone without their permission. Find a friend. Find a friend. But then Kate's just like, so what else can you hack? Yeah. So now they're going to hack into the restaurant security footage. Uh, And so, which, because that's where Sam and Dean are having lunch and there we go. So Michael's going to put on a hat so he can look secretive and go put, take the spy bag inside so they can get the audio and better video. Well, Sam and Dean, well, Dean's eating a bunch of burgers and I like his <laughs> clear eyes and clogged arteries. I think that's a, that is a good motto. Yeah. And so they're going to start talking about werewolves. Raccoons. So... Dean has where, learned that raccoon where raccoons are, that are turned up to four generations from pure blood. I, 
And then so he's just like, oh, Alpha. So he found this, like, I guess this is in John's journal. And so I have this right from a transcript. And so in the transcript, it says that Sam gestures noncommittally. And Dean continues with, are less feral and can transform before, during, and after the lunar cycle. Then he says, boom. So at this point, I believe that they are just making up lore in order to make the storyline. Sure. Because there's no such thing as an alpha anywhere in in werewolf lore. I mean, there are alpha packs. We've talked about that before. That is well, and this, but and that's that's been part of the supernatural lore is that there's alphas for all the things. But. There is right, but that, but that is a it is part of the myth, supernatural SPN mythology that there are alpha vampires, right. and there are alpha wolves in human mythology because it's not something that actually exists within the animal world as far as i understand it but i am not a wolf person a lichen followed like it what would you be a lichen lichenologist so like a what would you i don't know sounds right. sure that's that's sounds what right. those people are people who study wolves <laughs> like lichenologist and someone out there is shitting themselves right now i'm so sorry to whoever okay. spent a lot no you're welcome like you spent all those years on your your many degrees i'm sure and like Oh, well, so I don't know. Let's just talk about our lore anyway. So, within the TV supernatural, the were raccoons yeah. slash werewolves are theoretically coming. Okay, so they're four generations from an alpha. They're less feral, right. and they can transform before and after whenever they want. Right, so they don't right. have to have a full moon. They don't need to be on their cycle. They can just do it whenever, right? And yeah, they, they can. Do. They can just do the wolves. They do can it. do it. They can whenever. wolf out whenever they want. And so they are, these are like the fancier werewolves, and they don't need to set something else up. They're like they they don't have to eat the hearts, right? They can they can these can eat chicken hearts. I wonder if they can eat like yeah, impossible hearts. hearts. Could they make like an impossible like like a beat like beat heart? Would that be okay for them? Oh. Oh. So this weekend we did hear about another werewolf, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about the Converse werewolf because I wanted to to know more. We learned this is as Diana said. We saw Lyle Blackburn talk about a bunch of Texas cryptids and monsters. And remember, the difference is that a, a cryptid doesn't change and a monster does. Is that it? Is that the difference? No. no? But No, was I got it wrong? Yeah. Uh, one of them howls at the moon. One of them wears a tutu. There we go. Okay. So this is the legend of the Converse werewolf. And the Converse werewolf is actually from closer to Lavernia, but that doesn't really matter because unless you live here, you will never go to either of those places. I live 15 minutes to those places. And the only reason that I go to Converse is because there's an aerial gym there. So I will say that Lavernia is better because it does involve skulls crossing and that just sounds really metal. So I'm going to tell you the story of the Converse werewolf 
but as told and written by the Texas cryptid hunter, Michael Mays, because I was too lazy to write a version myself and his was pretty good. Honestly, all I would do is just take this version and then tell ChatGP to change it up a little bit so that it wasn't plagiarist. <laughs> so might as well just you know, read someone else's. Give them credit. Give them credit. Cite so. it and be done. Yeah. Seriously, I can do my own lore research, but why? This was, this was fine. <laughs> That's just my motto oh my for gosh. 2024. This was fine. So I, maybe I'll do a funny voice. Maybe I won't. We don't know. So. It is said that back in the mid-late 1800s, a rancher moved onto a plot of land near what is now Converse. The man was a rugged sort who had grown up in true pioneer fashion, probably means racist. Some versions of the tale suggest he was a military combat veteran who moved to the area in an effort to put the horrors of the Civil War behind him and live out his days quietly on the South Texas Plains. This man had a son who was something of a disappointment to him, as many fathers have sons who are disappointments to them. The lad was frail, bookish, and preferred studying to wrangling and hunting. He just wanted to read those damn books. Hate them. This frustrated the old rancher to no end, and he decided to make a man out of the boy. To this end, the rancher decided to send his son out hunting, he hoped the boy would take a liking to the sport, and after making his first kill, would prefer the more manly activity of hunting to that of reading and studying all day. You know how much effort hunting takes? Like, it's a lot. Like, you gotta get up early, you gotta, like, shoot things, but then you gotta, like, clean, you know, cut them up and clean them, and, like, carry them around, and they're heavy. You don't have to do that shit if you're reading a book. Like, I don't have to get up at 4 a.m. to read. Like, anyhow. No. So. You just might stay up till 4 a.m. reading. I may. You know, I, I will say that I did often take books while I go hunting. So. Uh, so he directed the boy to a heavily wooded area along the street called Skull Crossing. And you can go to the Skull Crossing Ranch. They uh, breed horses there and you can buy one for $15,000. I mean, I know that because I looked that up today. Looked. looked that up during, I think, during Lyle's talk. So uh, the boy was reluctant at first and resisted, but one way or the other was finally coerced into going, probably with a, I will give you something to cry about if you don't go hunting. I, I, I know this old rancher well. The old rancher watched with high hopes, probably not, as his son walked away from the homestead towards the woods. The old band would soon be disappointed, however, as the son returned a few hours later empty-handed. When chastised for returning without any game, the boy told his father that he left the area out of fear as he had spotted and been stalked by a monster resembling a werewolf. The father immediately dismissed this wild story and condoled his son into returning the area to finish his hunt. Probably once again with a... I will give you something to cry about. Right. Trembling and fearful, always a good thing to have with a firearm. The boy sure. trudged back out to the ominously named area of Skull Crossing. Little did the old rancher know it would be the last time he would see his son alive. Hours passed and darkness oh. began to fall. 
the old man, the story goes, began to worry and have second thoughts about sending his inexperienced son out into the woods alone. Oh, he's having second thoughts about that? While he hoped the reason the boy had not returned was because he had yet to make a kill, he began to have a sinking feeling deep in his gut that something was wrong. Deciding not to wait any longer, the rancher rounded up some neighbors and they made their way toward the wooded area near Skull Crossing in search of the boy. What they found upon arriving there is the stuff of nightmares. These are not my nightmares. My nightmares generally involve tests and classes I haven't finished. So the search party happened upon a monstrous hirsute, H-I-R-S-U-T-E. Is that a word? I don't know. Sure, that's a word that means something. We'll look it up one day. This creature hunched over the body of the rancher's son. The beast was in the act of ravenously devouring the boy when discovered. The man got off a few shots at the monster, but it bounded away at lightning speed. The werewolf, as it was dubbed, maybe were-raccoon, was described as standing between eight to nine feet tall and covered in dark hair or fur. That is a basketball-playing were-raccoon. That is a very tall thing. Members of the search party described it as being some kind of unholy combination between a wolf and a man. The Hmm. old rancher was understandably devastated by the death of his boy. He blamed himself for not believing his son's story and believed he sent his son to his doom by by forcing him to return to Skull Crossing to complete his hunt. Because he did. The version, and then he goes on to say, the versions of the tale I've heard say the rancher died shortly after. Some versions he became reclusive, refused to eat, and wasted away. Others say he committed suicide by setting fire to their home and burning up. Another way, you know, not good. So no. I think you know, there's some 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 stories, some some morals to the story. Yeah. Sometimes your son just wants to read a book. And you should leave him the fuck alone. Well, but if the family needed food and it was time to go, he didn't to say they skill. needed food. You can contribute. No, you, they don't you can contribute to your household in many ways, Diana. Perhaps he reads that. 1800s. He should probably know how to kill food. He can read a book, make money from reading that book, and then pay someone else to kill his food. Not everybody. Not everybody would have, not everybody killed their own food. And he would have been fine. Let him read his book. Leave him the fuck alone, Diana. Otherwise, he's going to get eaten by a werewolf. You let him read the fucking book. I just, you're so I bad. You're just like sending him out to his death because you want some fucking turkey or whatever no, the fuck. I, wouldn't have, sent him to, the, I wouldn't have sent him to Skull Crossing. It's Skull to be Crossing. Fair. You know what's out there? He was there to, to eat. Crossing. There's some deer. Right, there, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's yeah. probably a lot of deer, and a bobcat, and a were raccoon apparently, and it's going to eat you. Apparently, well, apparently there's a raccoon or a, a werewolf kicking it in some all stars because that's all I can think of yeah. every time I hear about Converse werewolf. Is <laughs> I'm like, oh, this werewolf has some killer fucking shoes, and he hangs out at Skull Crossing. He's metal AF. I know, I know, I like this metal because. I- <laughs> 
that's not only is he hanging out at Skull Crossing. Yep. He's also like, as we all know, if they're not in vans, yeah, and- or steel toed boots, they're in they're in Converse. Fair. Or Adidas. Oh, no. All the metal scene. Depending on, depending, depending on where in the subculture you're playing, you could be an Adidas. So That's true. I do but believe in, so in Lyle's version that they did explicitly see the a transformation or heard like, you know, like there was an actual like the bones like cracking and stuff. So things that and as it stood up. Yeah. Right. Thing I mean, that might have been one of the other sightings, but yeah. yeah, there was one for sure where they heard that the creature like moving and heard things cracking as it stood yeah. up. But yeah. So but that is I, I did not know there was that legend really has been around these here parts for, for these, these here parts. parts for for many a moon. But I had never heard of that. Yeah, there, there's a, there's quite a few. I mean, I'm sure in, in wherever you're at, um, wherever you live, there probably are some. But I feel like, not be not just because I'm biased. I feel like we probably have a lot more here just because of how spread out the land is, um, and how much different type of terrain we have. Because Texas, it's gonna be really you feel like you. Yeah, I mean that that's what I was. I mean, this that's is what the Lone Star State. I, like, I don't know. Like, we have cryptids. What? What? There <laughs> we go. Um, but yeah, no. it's a good story. We're tired and stressed this week. Can you tell? Can you tell? Okay. All right. So they, we're going to go back to, and we're going back to fucking fuck. Yeah. Sam and, Sam Dean, and Dean are going to find it, out kill it. That a were raccoon has come to town. And they make a lot of dog jokes and pedigree jokes, and they, we even get a best in show joke, and I was deeply amused. And then they're like, "Well, gotta find it and kill it." Your heart. There we go. Do, 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 do. So Michael back at the house. Michael is upset that he's a wolf. He is, and but Kate's convinced that Sam and Dean are not the FBI because Dean says "awesome" too much. And FBI doesn't hunt and kill college kids. The second one, yes, definitely, probably a good idea that you're not FBI. Feds probably yeah. say awesome more than they should. So Brian thinks that them being apart for the gear also means that he was right about the office romance. So we definitely, they yeah. think there is a, they're right about their Mulder and Scully vibes. I guess so all right so um we get a little argument again uh with michael and uh kate are mad at each other because they just don't know what's going on so they're gonna go fight while brian looks through footage of the woods and then they don't want to talk to him and see what he found so he just decides to go to the woods alone where he found a pin on the ground hmm and now he's hiding a camera in an office at the campus mm-hmm. and he's confess uh, con- uh, confronting his professor saying i know what you are and we get a weird cut just to see kate crying and then we go back to brian coming to arrive at the house telling kate uh, seeing kate packing because her and michael are leaving in the morning to protect him and brian's like but i took care of it and he's got his footage from the professor's office and basically Brian recognized that as his professor's pin. Professor's playing dumb, but Brian's figured out that this professor is the is a werewolf. 
And so he pulls, he's like, pulls a knife on him, basically says, I want to get bitten. And finally, um, they're discussing eating hearts and it's like talking about how like, Oh, eating a human heart opens the monster inside you. Blah. And then he hadn't had a human heart and whatever until last week. And he just got too tempted. And that's why he killed that guy. And now the hunters are here. So I bit Michael to make him my Patsy. Cause fuck that guy who sleeps through my class. Well, and he's also thought what, which I think one is, yes, this is what you should, should happen to you if you're sleeping through somebody's lecture. Fuck you, pay attention. Also, you paid for this class or someone paid for it. But hot, again, hot dudes don't have to take notes. So mm-hmm. we again get this Brian's being sick of being piggy and he wants to be Ralph and blah, blah. And he took care of things and his arm has a bite mark. What the, what? I don't understand where the bite oh. mark came from. Oh, he that was when he was, that weird scene when they kind of cut to and he's climbing on the professor and holding a knife on him. He made okay. the professor bite his okay. arm. I guess like he should. Uh. It's, it's, Brian, you're a bitch. But it's healed. But I like that the professor says, you know, you don't get to choose who you are. And Brian's like, I did. Uh, Brian, Brian, Brian. And he decides to show off his claws to Kim and Michael. And he's got all this footage of the professor freaking out after, after he leaves, they're watching the professor freak out and smash up his office. And Sam and Dean show up at the office because probably because Brian called and tipped them off because remember he had their card from earlier. So anyways, they shoot him and then Sam and Dean notice the camera. (sighs) So there we go. Now we're going to get a monologue uh, from from Brian, Brian saying that he did this for Kate because he could he did what Michael couldn't, and he's not hiding behind the cameras. He was he was never hiding behind the cameras. He was always hiding behind Michael. But now they're equals. You fucking loser piece of crap. That is not how life works. You fucking incel. So I just, I can't stand Brian. I can't. I just want to like take him and just want to like smack his whiny little head against a wall and be like, she doesn't like you, Brian. Get all three. I hate, I hate all of them. I just. Well, I think it's also just like, it reminds you just like college kids are dumb. That's true. Like uh, they're they're prefrontal, their lobes, their prefrontal lobes are just like little smushy, little, little walnuts and probably made worse from being behind the camera. I just, I don't have sympathy for any of them and I want them all to die. No, No, I don't have sympathy. No sympathy. Michael's finally like, by the way, I do remember killing Scott and eating his heart. And, it was sweet uh, and delicious. Yeah. I do I do like it was just like the the Michael line is delivered pretty great. You know, it's just like it like it sounds really sad and then all of a sudden just turns. He's like, and it was sweet and delicious. So delicious. I was like, what? Yeah. So, anyways, now we're gonna get a real weird scene. Brian's grabbing Kate, calling, you know, whatever, and then they're gonna all wolf out. We're going to have Brian and Michael have to fight while Kate's screaming and Michael's winning. So Brian fucking stabs and kills him. What the actual fuck? Well, 
Kate can't have that. So she pulls the knife out of Michael, goes after Brian is slashing at him while he's professing his love because he wants to bite her so she'll understand. And he grabs her and he bites her and she's crying in the bathroom. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah. Brian's like crying. I'm going to fix this. So she destroys the bathroom first, like you do. Then she gets a camera and then she tells him, I'm coming out. I understand now. And he's smiling, waiting on her. And she gives him the camera and then she fucking destroys him. She, she it's a- her shredding Brian is what just, what was all over that fucking living room. That was the blood spot. That was what was painted. Okay. He, Brian was what was not mad that Brian is painted all over these walls. Probably. Oh God. Oh. It's a lot. But then they also didn't like you do the, uh, like she didn't touch Michael's body, which is interesting. So we get her monologue and like, Oh, you didn't finish. I mean, I didn't finish this movie to justify anything. I don't know. You know, I don't understand, but, uh, he, you know, he wasn't always, a, none of us were always monsters and we get like a montage and she's like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to eat animal hearts didn't um please believe me and don't chase me yeah and this is where they do the throwback to the beginning of her wanting to be a green lawyer and then what they all wanted to be growing up but then they that's they never got their chance and then we finally finally leave this fucking found footage perspective and go back to normal camera world and sam and you're like Huh, okay, well, that explains who the splatter is and who this body is. Good to know. Good to know. Kate's got a half a day jump on us, though, so what do we want to do? And they agree that because she has not yet hurt a human to let her go, which is actually a pretty big shift from these two. Well, from Dean, at least. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, let's get a first shot. She didn't choose this. And then he's really concerned that he says awesome too much. <laughs> Dean li- and Sam lies to him about it. Yeah. And I think there is something, an underlying thing to think about. I'm just trying not to spoiler to think about why Dean is now okay with letting Kate go and giving her a shot. Well, I mean, we all, we do know that he, you know, befriended he's fucking a, a vampire. A vampire. Yeah. He befriended a vampire, vampire, so so maybe that's... He really has to, ...changed his mind about monsters a little bit. Yeah, so... I don't know. So maybe that's why, but... Well, our episode ends with Kate walking down some railroad tracks in the sunset. It's stupid. So... All right, casting couch. Casting couch. It's the casting couch. Were they on that show that time with that guy? La 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 Yeah, let's talk about the cast in this. They were all fantastic uh, actors. Y'all were great. They were. It wasn't a knock on that. It was like just, it's the style of storytelling that was not my jam. It was but. well done. Whatever, go on. So what, what? It was. And honestly, this one, I, I was pretty impressed. Brian was played by Lee Parker. He's fucking Australian. I would never have Crikey. known. Good, good accent. Yeah. 
he has not been in a ton of things, though. Pretty limited credits. Um, he had a, a role uh, in All Cheerleaders Die in a movie called Wild and um, a Netflix film called The Opera House. Um, Kate was played by Britt Sheridan, uh, who's at, born in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. And um, she doesn't have an extensive credit either, but I did see that we will be seeing her again, which is interesting. Uh, but she's been in episodes of shows like 90210 and Stitchers. Um, Michael was played by Brandon uh, W. Jones. Uh, he's been in a lot of shows, things like 90210, Law & Order LA, CSI New York, Two Broke Girls, Big Bang Theory, Empire. He had reoccurring roles in Lie to Me, CSI, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and was a regular character in Pretty Little Liars as Andrew. Interestingly, guy that only got a couple scenes is our Professor Ludensky, uh, was played by David James Lewis, had a pretty extensive amount of credits, actually. He's been in a ton of stuff, a lot of indie things, and a lot of Hallmark. So, you know, that that bulks up that, uh, that credits list for sure. Um, his first credit goes back to the 80s, though. It was a 1983 movie called Copper Mountain starring Jim Carrey and Alan Thicke. How about that? So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, this is a very weird he's version been... of Deliverance. <sighs> but he's been in episodes. He was in X-Files multiple times, Outer Limits multiple times. He's been in shows like Dead Like Me, Criminal Minds, L Word repeatedly, um, Smallville a couple times, Fringe, Travelers. He was in a couple episodes of Magicians and of, of Nancy Drew. Uh, he was Bob in the movie Halloween Resurrection, Ted in Deck the Halls, Daniel in The Girlfriend Experience. Um, Denzel, he plays Denzel Crocker in all of the Fairly Odd, fairly odd Parents live action shows. Um, Major Laramore in Man of Steel and Mitchell in The Girlfriend's Guides to Divorce. That's a lot. So, yeah, and that's just shortening it. So I, I think my comment would be similar to what we were just saying a second ago. It wasn't the premise of the episode that was annoying technically no. technically it was all done well it was it was all done it was well. all done beautifully we just it was don't acted seem to beautifully. like this it was shot beautifully yeah. it was y'all did this whole idea of a found footage within a tv show wonderfully it just annoys the shit out of me and i fucking hate these kids yeah it's they were it was it was a little bit rough the the super like I'm so in love. I'm gonna die. You have I'm a so creepy, dumb about like, this. Like, an insecure lot. stalker boyfriend who doesn't understand how to talk to women and who basically just assaults a taxes girl who falls in love too quickly with a has a very what seems like you know to what's the cycle a uh, what's the Sam and Dean word? What are they together? codependent Code yeah so it seems like she has developed this very quick like quickly like developed a quick codependence yeah and just michael just seems like an idiot right he just seems like a fucking moron so i he, there was nothing about him that gave us substance maybe like there was something somewhere but we were not shown it we didn't get to we did not part. so um, i'm just like yeah so you ate the, your rival scott from your from the oak pit well the oak hill gang you know like but like but like also like the it was I think of the problem here's my my issue that was act well I think they went too hard on the cliches um I think that was part of the problem I think they went too hard like 
Yeah, like Scott's a fucking super douche, but like he's not going to be like not taking He's not going to be the leader of no a small on the bleachers town gang. one day and then the next day be talking about the honeys and threatening Kate. Like that's just like, I thought like, like that was a little is, brazen yeah, and unrealistic. Like a- I don't even know Disney movie. Like, yeah, but it's very it's much like I am. You know, I'm I'm such a terrible person that I'm going to date rape. What there's a lot. There's just a lot of date rape in this thing. Like I just, I it's just weird. It's just weird. I just felt like the the college characters were so caricatured. Like this is how you also called. I couldn't figure out what bothered me about Kate, and you called it out right before we started recording. She's style. She's very stylistically similar to original Meg. Correct, and I I see that too, and I think I couldn't place it, and that's what it was. It was also as we know a whiny bitch, so automatically I put that onto her, but I. Shockingly, my personality doesn't tend to like super clinky women. What? I only seem to be obsessed obsessed with their boyfriends. Because she wants to be a lawyer, not a filmmaker. So why the fuck do you have this goddamn camera, Kate? A lot. I just, I, I, here's the deal. I think that was creative. And like you said, it was well done. I don't want it to sound like we're shitting on everything. <laughs> so I want to be clear. It was an enjoyable episode <sighs> in a lot of ways, but I, I just felt like they over-exaggerated this like stupid college kid thing. But anyway, uh, I did like the, um, I, I really enjoyed it, how they dovetailed in their interaction with Sam and Dean. I thought that was super fucking cool. I did, even though it was the found footage. Well, and I think part of it also is just, I, Anytime that the focus is taken away from Sam and Dean, it automatically makes you uncomfortable. It's, right, it's their show. People. I want to the watch story. their show, yeah. not a show about other people. At the same time, I understand. Again, well done. Love that. Love that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Thanks. <sighs> yeah, right. It was fine. I, I hope I never have to watch this fucking episode again. Well, you shouldn't. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't get it production. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studio Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod. Or you can email us at devilstrap at devilstrappodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at devilstrappodcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Devil's Trap Podcast.